Welcome back to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music industry and bridge the gaps between them. So I'm Julianne Francis here with my co-host, Elena Henry. Hi, guys. And this week, our guest is Kansas drummer Phil Ehart. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thank you for being with us today. Oh, sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. So can you give our listeners a brief introduction of yourself? Uh, my name is Phil Ehart. And you're right, I am the drummer for the band Kansas for the last, seems like a million years. And um, I'm very happy to be here, happy to talk to you to you folks. Uh, so how did you know, or when did you know um, that drumming was your thing, drums were your instrument? Uh, well, I could, I could tell early on because I was really driving my parents insane. Uh, you know, beating on <laughs> books and pots and pans and drumming on the table and just, and this was, you know, very early on, like probably, you know, seven, eight years old. And uh, <clears throat> one of the odd things uh, about my life growing up is my dad was in the Air Force. So uh, we moved every two years uh, of my life. And we lived in the Philippines, we lived in Japan, we lived in, you know, the outskirts of Montana, which is pretty much the whole state and, and just all over the world. And uh, so my life was very, uh, well, I have no hometown basically because I moved every two years. I don't have any, you know, um, grade school friends because every two years we left the school that we were in. So I taught myself to play drums and uh, that's what took up a lot of my time living in those odd places was teaching myself to play drums by just listening to the radio. And eventually my, my parents bought me a snare drum and I started really driving them crazy with that. And um, <laughs> and then it actually worked out okay. Yeah, it seems like it might've turned out all right. It, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to you folks, how bad could it be, right? <laughs> so when you um, joined the band, you were also the manager as well as being the drummer. Can you tell us about that? Well, you know, being being the manager didn't start off right from the beginning. Uh, you know, I played in a lot of local bands. Once my, once my dad retired from the Air Force in Kansas, uh, I then put the band Kansas together, and we did a lot of practicing. But there was all kinds of local bands and high school bands and junior high bands long before Kansas came along. So um, I was definitely not the manager at that time. Um, <clears throat> Being a manager of a band was nothing I really uh, wanted to do. It just worked out that way. And and uh, we had a manager for a long time who then moved into movies and uh, working in movies. And I told the guys in the band that, you know, heck, I'll be the manager for a while till we get another manager. And that was 32 years ago. So uh, I must have done something right because I'm still the drummer <laughs> and I'm still the manager. So. Uh, so I'm just going to stay out of my own way and everything seems to be going okay. That's pretty cool, though. Like It is. It is. It, 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 I'm very fortunate to... Uh, I, I like the business side. Uh, not only do I like being in a band, but I like the business side of the music business. As well as you have to be a bit of a psychologist slash psychiatrist to, to manage a band because you have so many personalities and different... Uh, life problems that go on with everybody in the band. And it's my job to make sure they don't interfere with the business, or if they do, try to work things out so they don't cause any harm to, to the business itself. So I enjoy it. Yes, right. I enjoy it. So you actually have a question uh, from Dr. Young as well. So the, the top five progressive rock bands have been Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Yes, Kansas, and Rush. So following the death of Neil Peart, how does it feel to be one of those drummers? Because you guys were such trailblazers, so like without you, we wouldn't have people like, say, Dream Theater. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, very nice of him to <laughs> put us in that list. That's a very <laughs> prestigious list, and I appreciate that. Um, Neil, Neil was a friend. He, he was more of a friend to me than he was a godlike drummer, you know, because Rush and Kansas toured so much together that he and I would sit backstage and just talk about 
our lives and talk about drumming. And then we, you know, this was way before Rush ever experienced their success, and right at the time that Kansas was start to starting to experience theirs. So neither one of us had really accomplished anything or everything that we were going to accomplish. So we were just kind of friends. <laughs> I mean, it's not like our families spent vacations together. I mean, we weren't that good of friends, but we knew each other. Rush would come to Atlanta, where I live now. And we'd go see them play, and we'd play up in Canada, and they'd come see us play. And, and we were we were friends more than anything else. So his death was uh, uh, obviously very sad, but on a different level to me. I, I felt like I lost a friend more than the world feeling they lost a drummer, you know, and uh, and of course uh, the Rush guys have always been have always been, been friends, acquaintances, and and um, so yeah, his loss will always be felt for sure. But for me, on a on a different level, a little bit more personal than say uh, other people. Right. And 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 to answer your question, I have no idea how we got in the list of that he's put us in. I, I, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, those are, of course, bands we listen to. Um, not so much Rush, because they were came after us. But, but um, and of course, Yes and ELP and all those kind of bands were influences. But, uh, but us being an American band really set us apart from, all, you know, the British invasion at the time. So, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I his it's it's always interesting to hear like uh when someone like a public figure passes you know the the world feels it but i think it's easy to forget that they were a regular person they they knew other people yes that's a very very good comment you are correct there you know yeah. we're just we're just regular guys who are or people who are very very fortunate I mean, the chances of coming out of Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, and to, you know, and, and coming up on our 50th anniversary, uh, that, that was something that none of us would ever have dreamed back in the day. We were hoping to someday hear one of our songs on the radio. That, that would have been a huge thing for us. Um, to get in a car, start the car, and there's a Kansas song. Wow, that would be really cool. And that we would get to make an album, just one album, you know, let alone 20 albums or whatever we're at now. And uh, to sell, you know, some records locally, let alone 30 million records, you know. So it, it's the kind of thing that uh, we're very fortunate and we don't take any of it for granted. We're very thankful that, that we have what we have. And there you go. <laughs> yes. So like I was saying in our intro, we like to connect all the different parts of the music industry. So, you know, how important is it to you that you're close with the people that you're making music with? Wow. That's another really good question. Um, I think it's very important, uh, of course, because that's, the band so much influences the ba the business side. If there was no band, there'd be no business. And, and if we're not constantly creating new records and, and playing tours, uh, the, the business would be much less so. So I think it's something that, um, um, and, and in back in the day when we were first starting out and we had other managers, it was uh, something that we just followed you know, you're you're following your manager, you're following your agent, you're following what your record company is telling you to do. And and if you pay attention, you can actually learn these things. And a lot of musicians don't. They re remain clueless, <laughs> which I think we're kind of famous <laughs> for being clueless. Um, but if you pay attention in making records, you can make your own record. If you pay attention in mm -hmm. contracts, contractual business, and what the booking agent does, I would never recommend that you book your own band, but nowadays you can do that. But it's, if you pay attention, you can, you can learn these aspects from the professionals that you're working with. So when I do a lot of drum clinics and things like that and talk to 
other musicians, I always tell them to pay attention. If you just pay attention, you can learn this business. You can learn and make the decision to yourself instead of relying on somebody that maybe doesn't have your best interests in mind. That's my personal opinion, having done this for a long time. So I paid attention and I paid attention and I learned. And, and after a while, I, saw, I thought to myself, I can, I can do this. And sure enough, I can. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of the school of hard knocks, you know, it, it's, I'm out there doing this and in the middle of it and having done it, it's something that I think I have somewhat of a different viewpoint than maybe a music business class where you have uh, someone up there teaching you uh, the aspects of the music business who may not have the all the whip marks and bruises I have from trying to do this by myself or doing it by ourselves. Right. So it's always good to pay attention to people that are that are learned, people that are experts in the field, because they're going to bring you a, a viewpoint that you're never going to have. And, and uh, so I think any any time you can learn, uh, even on, you know, like a program you guys have is, is something I never would have had back in the day um, because <laughs> the technology didn't exist, you know. So it's it's very cool what, mm -hmm. what you folks are doing. And and uh, and I'm sure people learn a lot from what from what you're doing. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's definitely, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a nice uh, program because I, I believe some music business stuff in terms of college was coming out before they created these more hybrid ones. Like for us, uh, learning our instrument is and performing is still a, a big part of the degree, but we also have to learn like copyright law. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's definitely, yes, it's a wide swath. Yes. It is. And getting wider all the time as technology opens mm -hmm. across the world. I mean, you're learning copyright law, not only in the United States, but around the world. And it's, it's things that, uh, with Kansas music, uh, it's especially songs like dust in the wind and wayward Sun are really, are really big hits. I mean, when wayward Sun got picked up by supernatural, uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, became a huge, um, you know, audience for us, people that didn't even know what a Kansas was. What What is Kansas? Oh my gosh, their song is on Supernatural? So what happens is because of the technology, your music starts to become bigger than the band. And, it, and you know, mm -hmm. we played uh, a couple of years ago, we played Comic-Con, uh, Supernatural invited us to be a part of their Comic-Con show. Well, unbeknownst to the 8,000 people that were there to see the Comic-Con or to see the Supernatural stars, they had asked us to play. Well, the audience didn't know we were going to play. And so the two guys from Supernatural set it all up and all of a sudden we're playing. And afterwards we said, just, just for about two seconds, we knew what it was like to be the Beatles because the crowd stood up and went freaking berserks cheering but they didn't know who we were <laughs> they were going you know oh this oh this is kansas because they knew wayward son long before they knew kansas and that's cool i mean i, I don't care how you get to kansas but it's something that uh <laughs> it was really uh interesting and really fun and uh and our of course wayward son is now because of supernatural has completely circled the globe because of that program. And um, so it's something that uh, the technology, and you're right, the world has changed so much, and copyright law and people wanting your songs for around the world instead of just, hey, can we download it on YouTube? It's, it's or view it on YouTube. It, it's more, it's much more than that now. And it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, the music yeah. industry is one of those industries that changes on a dime all the time. Yes. So learning the basis and then being able to apply that to any changes that may come along is probably the best thing about the college program. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's, um, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's interesting, just in the college programs in the last 10 years, 
I mean, I've, I've spoken at the music school at Syracuse, uh, the, the business uh, college at Auburn, uh, University of Texas and stuff, to where um, just knowing what it was like when I spoke to them then, to where it is now, <laughs> it just blazed, you know. Again, Zoom didn't even uh, mm -hmm. exist, you know. So it's the kind of thing that um, you got to stay on your toes. That, that's one of the big things. You can't, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm an older guy, but it's something that I have a 17-year-old daughter. <laughs> and she will let me know really quick, you know, if I'm paying attention to what I should, you know, she's, it's something that... Um, uh, I appreciate her input, and she'll let me know instantly if uh, I'm doing something right or wrong. But it's uh, you got to pay attention in today's world. There's no there's no reason to not be uh, paying attention to what's going on or to rest on your laurels. Yes, back in the '70s and '80s and '90s, we had really big songs, but we're still making new music, so we have to pay attention to what's going on and what gets out there and how we do things and uh, um, so people your age and what you do, um, because we want to reach everybody. And uh, that's important to us, especially to me as a manager, that I've done my job to right. make sure that Kansas has reached uh, all, all platforms, uh, all age groups, all, you know, our, our demographic is very wide. <laughs> it's very wide. Yeah. And it's, uh, so I have to pay attention to reaching all those people. Yeah. So what do you look for in the people that you choose to work with? Well, um, these are really good questions. <laughs> I, th I think what I look for is that they want to work with us. I, I know that sounds kind of trite, but um, it's, it's something that um, I, I think probably the number one thing I look for is passion is passion uh, they really want to work with us they really want to do their job because most of the people that we work with are a lot younger than i am so it's something that to me whatever you do passion is the number one thing if you don't have a passion for what you're doing you're really doing a disservice to the people that you're working with because they have a passion i have a passion for kansas mm -hmm. and for our fans and for our audience but if I'm speaking to someone who I can tell is just kind of punching in and doing their job, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's going to have a very short lifetime. Uh, you know, it's it's just going to kind of run its course and then you move on to somebody else. So uh, passion is the number one thing I look for is people care about what they're doing. They're excited about what they're doing. They have a passion for what they're doing. And that uh, wins me over every time. Yeah, we hear that. We hear that a lot because you don't have to be the best at something. You just have to care. Enough. Amen. That's it. That, that'd make a mm -hmm. good t-shirt right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be the best. You just have to care. Yeah, we should sell those. <laughs> and there's another phrase you could use too, but we can't repeat on. You just have to care. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Speaking of people you work with, um, how does changing the members affect the band's sound? Or does it, I, I suppose? Well, you know, when you've been around as long as we have, you're, you're going to have a turnover. You, you, just, mm -hmm. you just do. And none of it has ever been violent or throwing things against the wall and I quit and I'm out of here. It's, it's just been over time that after 20 years, a, a guy will go, you know, I'm going to spend more time with my family, or now that I have kids, I'm going to retire. You know, no problem, bro hug. Hey, man, wish you the best. Then you have mm -hmm. a guy that's after 30 years, he's had enough after 30 years, you know. And it's the kind of thing that uh, it just happens, and new blood comes on. We, we kind of compare it to a professional sports team. Let's just pick one like, I don't know, ubiquitous sport, you know, the New York Yankees. Been around since, you know, 1918 or whatever. And their main thing is baseball. Well, the teams change, you know, guys get older, they retire, they get traded, new guys come on. But the number one thing 
for the New York Yankees is baseball. And they've maintained their fans, they've maintained their team. And all these years later, they're still in New York Yankees playing baseball. Well, that's mm -hmm. how it works for Kansas. Well, not baseball, but our can Kansas music. <laughs> the music is the most important thing to Kansas. Luckily, there's no one particular member uh, uh, about Kansas. Kansas, as we wrote on the back of our first album, Kansas is a band. We've always been a band. We're not the same band, but we're the band. And the main thing about the Kansas band is our music. So if you like Kansas music, we're your guys. This, this is it. This is the band that you hopefully want to listen to. So uh, that's how we look at it. Things are going to change, but as long as the music is there and the quality is there and that we're able to play live, hopefully there will always be some incarnation of Kansas. Is that a good, good answer? Yeah. I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was good. <laughs> well, because I actually yeah. just thought of a question I have for you, because you said that at some point you would like to retire as the, the um, drummer, mm -hmm. but you think the music needs to live on. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, uh, being a drummer in a rock band is a, is a, a physical, I mean, it's a physical athletic uh, endeavor. I mean, if you see most mm -hmm. rock drummers, they're sweating every night, they're pounding those things, they are working out. Well, that's great when you're a teenager. <laughs> or when you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s. But as you get older, obviously, I have to take severe care of myself. And I've never mm -hmm. abused myself in any way with any drugs or alcohol or anything like that. So I'm, you know, I'm in good shape. And, and it's something I concentrate on and want to be because I have to show up every night. And I have a severe passion for what I do. So I, I have a passion for taking care of myself, for being the best manager I can, the best band leader that I can be for the band. Someday the drumming will just, you know, I've always told our guitar player, Rich, who's been with me since day one, I said, just take me out in the field <laughs> and say, okay, well, days are done. Thanks for dropping by. And we both laughed. But um, it's something that uh, I know will come, but hopefully I can still manage the band. I'll still be able to have my right. mental faculties to to stay involved with the band and that's what i look forward to right now i'm feeling great playing great it's i'm happy to be here but that's how i look at it right now someday the day will come but who knows mm -hmm. yeah i mean playing playing instruments is very physical most instruments are very physical yeah. and drums are incredibly physical so yeah. you just have to be i guess realistic with yourself about how long you can do yeah, that and do it well there, yeah. you know, there, there are some people in bands right now. You kind of look at it and go, um, "Should probably be giving it up soon." That's <laughs> you know, not, not really working out real well. But, but that, that's uh, that happens. You know, that happens, and it's uh, right. the 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 person that's performing maybe still has the passion, but they may not have the the physical uh, faculties, the physical abilities they need. And that happens to athletes too. You look at pro athletes and it's hard for them to step down. It's hard to step down. It's what yeah. they've done their whole lives. And most pro athletes are in their thirties. You know, I mean, they're really old if they're still doing a professional athletic endeavor in their forties, you know, the announcers are going, well, you know, Bob's in his forties now. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it depends on what Bob does, you know? It, it's, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a youthful endeavor. Being in a band is uh, you just have to do it well, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have a new album coming out. It's called "The Absence of Presence." Mm -hmm. So, what is it like to promote an album in the coronavirus music industry? Well, well, uh, you know the the virus industry wasn't around when we were creating the album. Uh, you know, right. it was it was one of those things that we had actually finished the record, and it just happened to be named "Absence of Presence." It wasn't. It was a title I actually came up with. I, it had nothing to do with an actual absence of presence, which we've all experienced here recently. Um, so mm -hmm. we had a choice to either release it now, 
or wait till this all passes and do it at some other time. Well, when you're in, like with Sony, we're, you know, uh, our label is a subsidiary of Sony and uh, we're in their distribution pipeline. And once you're locked into that pipeline, you really can't go jumping around going, well, we're not gonna do it now, we're gonna do it later. In fact, we're not gonna do it later, we're gonna do it much later. It, it, it's, it's such a, an industry standard to get in that line and you come out when you're meant to come out. And if you start you know, messing with that, it could come back to haunt you because instead of being you know, at that release point, you might be bumped to three or four months from now. That's the next slot they mm -hmm. have for your album and you don't really wanna do that. So we we stayed with our, it's coming out uh, June, I think 26th, which is a few weeks from now. And, uh, and we've been releasing our singles and doing all the press and of course, uh, doing what we need to do to promote the record. So we're in that vein and we're gonna stick with it. And, but you know, the, it's not releasing the record that's, that's affecting us so much, it's not playing. To not be able to perform yeah. is brutal. That, that, that is our lifeline, that is what we do. And to not be able to perform for audiences um, and to take, you know, we, we lost for 2000, well, just for uh, 2020, we, we moved over 80 shows into 2021. So that's a lot of work to lose or to postpone is what we did. We postponed it because we can't, people aren't allowed to gather. And if they can't gather, they're mm -hmm. not going to come see us. That's for sure. So we've uh, had to move everything. And that's been, that's another part of being a manager. I, I have never experienced before. I've never had a pandemic kick up in the middle of when we were going to tour. So you have to, uh, you got to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, we were just talking to somebody else who was saying, you know, it's they basically lost their job because the whole summer concert season just kaput. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, nobody yeah. expected it. No, you're right. It's everybody's income and their their lifeline for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we have friends who have um, graduated as seen like seniors and graduated into like a music industry that is very much stopped. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> so it's brutal. brutal. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. For them. And, uh, but I see things are starting to open in some parts of the country. And yes, I think yeah. you have to be uh, positive and that things are hopefully, I don't know if it'll ever get back to the way it was. I hope it does, but right now, nobody knows. Nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think people need music. And I think that when they're allowed, they'll show up for music. Yes, I agree. Yes. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. So what inspired the new album? Well, um, there's, a, there's a lot of places that inspiration comes from. Uh, one is the passion for the music. You, you want to create new music. That's one thing about being a mm -hmm. band like ours that's been around for so long, you have to be careful that you don't become a jukebox of yourself. That every time you go out mm -hmm. on stage, all you're, do is, all you're doing is regurgitating the same stuff that you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30. It's like, okay, that's nice. The crowd wants to hear a lot of the hits, that's fine. But as a musician, I wanna create. I have a passion to create. The other guys in the band have a passion to create i would say that that's probably the biggest influence of the new album is our inner flame you might say the creative flame has not gone out and we want to keep creating and so uh, we have a great record company with inside out and uh, they're very supportive and it's been about three years since we had a new album so it was time to make another one and uh and not only that but with this time being at home we've started the writing for the next one. We just figured it might be the best time since nobody's doing anything. Guys, let's start writing new material and see where that goes. So we're staying busy uh, doing that as well as promoting uh, the new record also. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's definitely a great time to yes. write. Yeah. What instruments do you guys play? Do you play an instrument? 
uh, yeah, well, I'm a bass player, so I do electric and I also do upright. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. And I'm a vocalist. Got it. Okay. Wow. Well, good for you. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good luck. Always have fun. Always have fun. Yeah, yeah. we try. I think <laughs> you do. Okay. So, yeah. what is your personal favorite song on the new album? Oh, wow. On the new album. Well, uh, we have a song called Throwing Mountains that from a drummer's perspective, and it's just a, a hard rocking song, um, that would probably be my favorite right now. But I know that's going to change over time because we'll start, once we get back to performing, we'll start performing a bunch of the music off the uh, new album. And lots of times, once you start playing it live, it takes on a whole new persona than it did on the record. So... To answer your question, mm -hmm. Throwing Mountains is probably my favorite right now. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, we talked about this um, a little bit with some of the previous questions, but as someone who's been in the industry for many years, what do you think about the industry right now? And you can either talk about coronavirus or not talk about it. Well, um, I, I come... I come from a certain time when uh, bands were much bigger than they are now. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I miss bands. I miss all kinds of bands. Uh, I get the Me solo too. artist thing. <laughs> I totally get it. I think there, there's always been solo artists, but I miss right. bands, all kinds of bands. They're, they're not, uh, as developed as they used to be. The record companies don't take the time to develop bands because it takes more time. Bands are all, also more expensive because there's more people. So it's the kind of thing that um, what's popular right now, I think uh, a lot of it is really good. But with all music that's out there, there's good stuff and there's stuff that's not so good. What I have to be careful of is not to be my dad, <laughs> you know, where he would go, <laughs> what's the deal with the Beatles? You know, they need to get a haircut, you know, all this kind of stuff. And that was the stuff when I was, and the Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction. What What does that mean? Is that some sort of sexual innuendo? I mean, so I try not to be that way. I try to, and my daughter helps. My daughter helps, you know, and I'll, I'll surprise her at times knowing things about, dad, you know about that artist? Well, yeah, you know, and, and so, but I miss bands, you know, where, where are the bands? Mm. And so that's my one complaint, but I think there's a, a lot of great stuff out there and, uh, and I think it will continue. I think uh, a lot of artists can become artists creating stuff in their own bedroom, you know, with the technology to be able to record at home and do that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that's, that's awesome. So uh, again, uh, Music is, is cyclical. It's it's going to go one way and go another way. And after a while, people are going to move on to other things. But I miss the new great guitar players. I, I miss the new great bass players, the new great drummers. They're out there, but they usually lean more towards metal is where you're going to discover a lot, a lot of them. So there are bands in metal. and uh, But just, um, you know, the new progressive rock bands where where's the next kansas where's the next dream theater where's the next you know it's uh, i have yeah. i can find them but i usually have to go into the bowels of europe somewhere to find them and and that's fine but uh, uh i'm i'm just very music supportive i'm very melody supportive i'm very singer supportive i'm a big fan of singing you know so it's the kind of thing that uh, i miss that at times but it'll it happens. It happens. And, and uh, hopefully um, it'll keep happening, but maybe on a larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. I know that both Julia and I have talked about in the past, like we also miss bands. Yeah. What, what is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at the age disparity between <laughs> me and you guys. And we have the same complaint. I mean, obviously there's an yeah. audience for bands, but where are they? Yeah. You know, and it, it's so it's uh I'm glad to hear that you guys feel the same way. Thank you. Made my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad would always tell me, he'd be like, 
they don't make music like this anymore. You know, when you're 13, you're like, whatever, dad, yeah. whatever. <laughs> My daughter but he says was the right. same thing, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. But as you said, the um, people can make music in their bedrooms now. Like the album that swept the the whole Grammys this year was made in someone's bedroom. Oh, that was um, Billie Eilish, right? Yeah. Okay. She's mm -hmm. awesome. I'm sitting there with my daughter one day. She and is. I look over at my daughter and I go, you seen the new Billie Eilish video? And she goes, what? And I said, have you seen the new Billie Eilish? <laughs> and she goes, you know about Billie Eilish? And I go, well, why wouldn't I? She's awesome, you know? And... Uh, and then, right. then she didn't want to like Billie Eilish anymore because I liked Billie Eilish. <laughs> I go, no, don't go oh, that no. way. I just, you know. yeah, she's and and her and her brother. I mean, both of them. What a team! And 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 I I thought she won deservedly. So I thought she deserved it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just uh, you know what a what a mood. What a uh, what a uh, a whole package there. And 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 then I watched them live and they added a drummer, which is great. And he's great. And it's, yep. it's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, yay. But how many of those are going to come along? I, I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the caveat. Like, she is amazing and yeah. deserves all the, the accolades. But at the same time, it's like, where are the bands? <laughs> <laughs> how, how many, like you said, how many of her can there be? Well, I don't think anybody could be quite like her. No. But No, she's yeah. got it down. And she's very young and, and she's very sincere. You know, it's not some mm -hmm. sort of persona that you see her, at, you know, doing something else. And she's not that. That's her. And it's uh, and I'm glad mm -hmm. it is. And she's she's dealing with the success, which is difficult, especially at that age. Uh, it's very, yeah. very. And especially with social media nowadays, you know, you step out on a stage like that. Uh, you're you know, not everybody's going to embrace you. And it's uh, brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, our whole career was without the internet. So we never knew what our fans thought of us. We had, which was kind of a blessing. You know, it's, we would just play a gig and there'd be 20,000 people on their feet going crazy. So we'd leave the gig going, wow, that, that's, people seem to like us, you know. And it's, you go play in Germany, you're playing a festival in Germany and you have 60,000 fans singing Dust in the Wind in German. I mean, that, you know, you just go, wow, wow this is a life experience that uh, most people are never going to have, you know. We're opening for the Rolling Stones. Uh, there's 90,000 people at Cleveland Stadium. We're in our dressing room getting ready to go on, and Mick Jagger walks in the dressing room. Hey, guys, everything okay? We just, I mean, we couldn't <laughs> even speak. We just, uh, uh, okay, well, let us know if you need anything. And he left. And we thought, God, he must have thought we were completely out of our minds. <laughs> we couldn't even talk. We were so starstruck, you know. And and that's the that's yeah. the stuff that you want everybody to experience. You know, that's that's something mm -hmm. that it's uh, those are moments in life that only happen once. You know, it only happened once. So it's uh, so I'm still very positive. Looking forward to you guys becoming famous. I'll look back and go. I remember them. <laughs> I remember them. They were the ones complaining there's no bands. And look at them now. You know? <laughs> In a band. Hey, you never we're know, doing right? Best. I mean, yeah. if you think a bunch of, you know, guys that wore cowboy boots and overalls in Kansas would ever achieve the success that not only achieved, but still achieving. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we didn't, there was no music schools to go to. None of us. And none of us could read music. None of us, uh, we were all self-taught. We were all self-taught. We taught ourselves how to do it. And and that's different in itself, for sure. So it's it can be done. You're right. It can be done. Nobody should give up. No giving up. It's another good t-shirt. <laughs> if you're listening yes. to this podcast, you're not allowed to give no, up. That's it. That's yes. the motto. Yes. No giving up. So um, here on this podcast, we like to do what we call the shut up and let me do it moment. Okay. And that is inspired by our um, school record label. Our COO said in an interview one time, they asked her what quote described her. She said, shut up and let me do it. Okay. So in this industry, we feel like there's often a moment of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown and how much you've learned and can say, shut up and let me do it. So can you tell us about your shut up and let me do it moment? Okay, give me a second. Um, there's a lot of those, actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can tell more than one. 
I, okay. uh, back in the day, uh, you, there was, um, you had to prove yourself on stage. There was, there was mm -hmm. no bedroom recordings. There was no iPhones. There was nothing. There was one place that you could go and say, shut up and let me do it. And for Kansas, it was playing live. And we got an offer um, at that, it was very, very early in our career to go out on the road and open for a band we had never heard of called Queen. And it was okay. the kind of thing that, so we had to go to, we had to go down to the music store and buy their album and go, okay, okay, that's these guys. <laughs> and we're kind of going, geez, you know, this, this could be fun because they're obviously one, mm -hmm. and had a look about them that was diametrically opposed to how we look. You know, they had the big hairdos and all the stuff and we're going, and then there's us in our t-shirts and jeans and cowboy boots. And it was the kind of thing that <laughs> we started to doubt ourselves a little bit. Like, well, we're going to do 40 dates across the United States. We're opening for Queen every night. Um, and we just kind of looked at each other and went, shut up. We're going to do this. Get out of our way. We're going to go do this. And we did. <laughs> we went out there. <laughs> and we approached it. We're going to kick Queen's butt every night. On, well, <laughs> we were a little over our head, but that's what we thought. That's what we felt in our hearts that we were going to do it. And we did it. And eventually, Brian May, the guitar player, after about four or five gigs, came over to our dressing room, introduced himself. Hello, guys. Hello. How, you know, very nice, very British, very proper. And we're sitting there going, it's Brian May. He's in our dressing room. And he, and, and he said, guys, um, how's it going for you? Um, and I thought, well, the guys in the band are going to kill me, but I'm going to tell them. I said, well, Brian, you asked, so I'm going to, is there any chance we can get more than five feet of stage space? We're just, we are so oh. crowded that we're, and he goes, well, sure. He said, anything else? And I'm going, well, he opened the door. I said, what are the chances we could get some lighting? You're not letting us use any lighting. We, they just put spotlights on us. So we don't have any covered <laughs> lights. It's just, and we're getting ready to play Kansas City, which, you know, is our you know, home. And we're going to go to St. Louis. Well, we're fairly popular. Mm -hmm. And what's the chance of an encore? If we actually get an encore, can we? He said, guys, that, that's all doable. And the next night... We had lights, we had 10 feet of stage space, and we and if we got an encore, we were able to take it. So to me, that was a big shut up and, and let me do it. So I just ventured saying that to him, and I took a risk because he might have gone, well, gosh, guys, you know, that's kind of rude. I mean, that's, you know, asking for stuff. And, right. and But he didn't see it that way. And to this day, he's still a very good friend. He was in our documentary. He, him and Garth Brooks were both um, guests in our documentary and stuff. So it was, uh, it's a very good saying that you guys have because, uh, again, it came out of passion. You know, I don't want to do right. 30 more shows, you know, crammed together with no lights. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was, <laughs> we were out there in the dark, basically, you know. And so I asked him, shut up and get out of our way. I like that. So. It, it worked for us and has worked many other times too. Yeah, when Brian May says, "Do you need anything?" That's not an opportunity <laughs> you pass up right there. <laughs> well, yes, but but I was only I was only twenty years old, you know, and this this wow. was our first really national tour, and it's not like I had a lot of experience under our belt. I was just going to win it. Just get out of our way. What's the worst that can happen? He'd get mad at me and kick us off the tour. Well, okay, that'd be a pretty big thing. But uh, the rest of the guys afterwards going, God, I was sweating bullets while you were saying that to Brian May. I thought he was going to get mad at us. And but it, it worked out. Sometimes you just got to go with it. You just got to go with it. And, and we did. Yeah. 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 That's Man, so awesome. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are familiar with Queen, I guess, right? Good. Yes. Yes. That's a heck of a band. Just a little isn't bit. It? That's a band that was around us, around before us. So you know, mm -hmm. long before us, and uh, and and good, good, good people, really good guys. And once once we became friends, we've been friends for ever since. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we tend to get a little little heavy with some of those questions. So, but then we like to lighten the mood oh, oh, just okay. a little bit. Sure. So, our, our, our listeners are just absolutely dying to know. They need to know. What is your favorite food? Our favorite food. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what. Being from the Midwest, I'm a big fan of meatloaf. Not the artist, not the artist, <laughs> the food, the meatloaf. I don't eat it much anymore, but I remember growing up, my mom always made great meatloaf. I love comfort food, you know, whether it's mashed potatoes, fried chicken, you know, all the stuff that's bad. But um, I don't eat that much anymore because it's not the best. But every once in a while, I'll I'll splurge and have some mashed potatoes. <laughs> but but other than that, it's uh, I like comfort food. I just do. I like desserts, stuff like that. And um, I'm a vegetables fan, you know, things like that. But um, I I need I need to take care of myself, so I do, and uh, keep my weight down and concentrate on my my job which is playing drums in kansas and if i weigh uh, more than i do right now and could gain weight by eating lots of meatloaf and uh, mashed potatoes and stuff it it would uh, slow me down on stage so so yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. is that light enough was that funny enough and yes (laughs) Yes. i don't want to god we asked him a question about food and he got really heavy on us you know no i i don't want to i don't want to do that you know no, we just like to ask co- people a couple little goofy, no, goofy questions. No, I'm, I'm up for goofy questions. That's fine. <laughs> so um, what are your life goals? Wow. Um, <laughs> well, um, as I said, my life goals at times was to hear Kansas on the radio. Well, that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, as, you, as one gets older, uh, your priorities change. And of course, the band has always been my priority. But once, you, you know, I got married, and uh, best thing that ever happened to me. And I had children. I had a family. And your priorities really change. And if they don't, you probably should have gotten married because you you know you'll find out <laughs> your spouse real quickly. What do you mean I'm not one number one in your life? No, it's the band. What do you mean? You know that kind of thing. So, yeah, your priorities change, yeah. and what's important in life, and what should be important in life. And it's, um, but but my wife understands that I am, I was born to be a musician. That that is, that's who and what I am. But in the meantime, I've become a husband and I've become a father, and that's nothing I take lightly either. So, it's something that uh, my my family is very supportive of what I do, especially for me to do, you know, eighty and ninety shows a year. I've got to be gone a lot. And they're very supportive, and and it's uh, I couldn't do it without their support. There's no way, and uh, and I've the 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 band landscape is littered with band guys who didn't make their family a priority. That that's very hard to do. You, you that's almost impossible to do. That you're, you know, you, you can have, you can be in a band and have a family. There's a lot of us that do it, but there's a lot of who, a lot of the band guys who, their priorities are things that they shouldn't be. Let's just put it that way, and, and that catches mm-hmm. up with you also. Talking about a littered landscape, so it's it's something that um, my priorities right now are to, are my is my family. That's my priority, and of course. The, my band is a family too, so I'm very fortunate to have have those two things in my life. Yeah, I think the music industry can just be so all-consuming oh. if you let it. Oh yes, good point. Good point. Yes, if you let it, you're right. If you let it, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's the kind of thing that you know. I see a lot of these. You know, Billie Eilish is a good example, <clears throat> and the you know the uh, abuse that she took, the body shaming thing that she had to go through was very sad you know that I, I found that brutal you know and it's it's because you know somewhere along the line uh you, you have to stop listening to your critics you, you either are who you are 
or you're going to try to be somebody else, and then you're not who you really are. And I make I thought she made the right choice and handled it well, but at times you could tell she was struggling with that, and it's it's unfortunate. But welcome to today's world where there's nothing is off limits. You know, if you if you go if yeah. you go to your if you go to a Kansas website or to a Kansas uh, Facebook page or whatever, you're you're going to take shots. You know, you just are, and and all artists will because there's now social media and uh, that's something that you know actually social media entered our band meetings you know we didn't have that for a long time we'd have our band meetings and eventually somebody would go well i was looking on uh, you know facebook and a, and a fan said this and the fan said that we go wait a minute all of a sudden our fans are in our band meetings yeah they really wish we'd played these songs and the well, wait a minute we our fans have never had any input on the song so we had to decide is our is our fan base now going to be part of our of our our business structure? Do they have a say mm -hmm. into what we're going to do, or do we leave them outside of the room? The band decides what we're going to do, and if we're happy with ourselves, we hope the fans are happy because there is no way you can make your fan base happy. There's always going to be people that yeah. are upset why did you do this why did you do that yeah. why didn't you do this why didn't you and some so we had just opened the door we pushed the fan base out closed the door and got back to being a band and uh yeah. and i think all artists eventually have to do that you liked me you liked our music long before you were our fans you know we didn't start this band with you guys with our fans being part of this we didn't start it it was always the six original guys that started and that's that's what you have to believe in is your group of creative people that you have in the room that you're working with so that's yeah. just me and it's good to hear you say that because um it's hard to remember that uh, it is it is it is i agree no i agree i agree 100 percent and it's good to hear you say what you said about prioritizing your family, because I think that's where relationships fall apart. They do. They yes. Do. So yeah. instead of getting like the, the movie message of like, you know, you have to be all in for the band and then inevitably you will lose people. It's good to hear you say like, you can do it all. You can. Mm -hmm. You can. It's not easy. It's not easy, but you, you can. You yeah. can actually do it all. And many people have. Many, many people, probably more people than not, have made it work. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, do you have a quote that either describes you, or that just you really like it, or reminds you to of something good? A, a quote you said? Yeah, I have a good quote. Not everyone is meant to be famous. Mm. And mm -hmm. I've worked with a lot of people who have tried and have been very successful and uh, should have been successful um, <clears throat> that literally, I guess the term would be didn't make it, whatever they was in their mind, what making it was, they never accomplished that for whatever reason. Many times it's their own fault. And there's a litany of reasons as to why people are not successful. And it's not just in the music business; it's in life and it's you know itself. We we all know people. I guarantee you, all three of us know people that are very talented and maybe could be something someday, whatever field they choose. But many times they get in their own way. It, they get in their own way for whatever reason. Pick one, you know, <clears throat> and they don't succeed. And 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 I've run into. Uh, I've, I've met a lot of young musicians who should have been successful, had the talent, had the look, had the everything that they needed, but you know, they just weren't meant to be successful. It just wasn't meant to be. And, and uh, I don't think everybody really likes that quote too much because it, re <laughs> it you end up looking in a mirror, <laughs> you know, that that's what everybody goes. Well, you kind of glance over and look at the mirror and go, is it me? Am I the reason I wasn't? Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't, you know, but uh, not everybody was is meant to be successful. 
or or famous. I like famous because it applies more to the music business or the entertainment business. Not everyone meant to be mm -hmm. famous. Right. That's it. That's my quote. Could that be a good? Could I that like be a good T-shirt? That could. We've come up with three or four good T-shirts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah. We just start some merchandise, Julian. Yeah. Let's go. There, there we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Check with Sean. Maybe we can set something up. Who knows? <clears throat> so, would you? What would you say if you had to pick one? Is your favorite album to listen to? It, it doesn't have to be a Kansas album, does it? It could just be any album? No. Okay, any album. Yeah. Any album. Uh, Gosh, there's a lot of them. To just choose one. Um, gosh. You can give us a couple okay, if that makes it okay, easier. Okay, yeah. I, I'm, uh, of course, <laughs> I, really like, like, I really liked albums that <clears throat> changed change the face of music you know um the beatles of course whether it's sergeant pepper or rubber soul or any of those every album that the beatles made at the time changed music you know it's like um worldwide and uh, and so any of the the beatles albums uh of course any you know when led zeppelin came along that was a sound that didn't exist this heavy just this heavy sound that just was incredible it never heard before uh peter gabriel um is uh, is an artist that really changed uh how music sound and program sounds the program drums and things and i'll tell you another style of music uh that really came along uh during my my time period was soul music that uh the uh the black musicians at the time uh, we're creating a sound that had never existed. The the Temptations, James Brown, Tina Turner, um, you know, uh, all all the the black musicians of the '60s and the '70s that uh, um, was just incredible. That that had such a huge effect on 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 us. That you know, rock bands listening to these guys and going, listen to those harmonies, listen to the those beats listen to those screams my gosh these it, it was just incredible and um that's something that i miss i miss soul music i miss soul music and i'll just say it how i feel it i miss soul music i miss i miss the because to me the uh, the black musicians at the time were always the best musicians they were the best singers they were the best drummers they were the best uh, uh, keyboardists, the, the harmonies, and and um, and that eventually all disappeared. I'll argue with anybody that disappeared, and that's unfortunate because it's something that uh, it's still around in gospel. It's still around in gospel, but that's a different style of music. So those, those musicians, it's really the musicians and the music that played more than it was any album. And uh, because they all made, you know, James Brown, uh, I mean, Kansas a few years ago was inducted to the Georgia uh, Music Hall of Fame. We're in the Kansas Music Hall of Fame, of course. And because we live in Georgia, we were inducted into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. Well, I, I went online and looked up as to who's in the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh. It creams the rock and roll, you know, Hall of Fame. Uh, the people that are in there, you know, the people that came from Georgia. It's just unbelievable. So it's, um, there's a lot of great albums. Of course, the Eagles uh, really, you know, when, when they came on and then getting into more recent times, uh, you know, when Pearl Jam came along with, you know, uh, the uh, Seattle sound and all. There's just a, a lot of turning points but it's not happening much anymore. That's all I got to say. I'm not hearing anything now that's changing the face mm -hmm. of music. And that's my opinion, and I'm entitled to it. <laughs> I, and I may be wrong, yeah. and I may, but I'm not hearing anything now that you look and go, wow, that has just changed the face of music. No, right. I, I, I haven't heard that recently, but I'm going to stay positive that maybe something pops up and we'll go from there.
I'll tell you what's changed the face of music is the technology. Is something like yes. YouTube. YouTube, to me, I mean, that's one of my favorite things on the internet. You can discover, look for anything, anything you want, usually, within reason, is on YouTube. And that has really introduced a lot of people um, across the world to, to new music. But it's, it's limited. It's, it's yeah. limiting. So, so that's, that's my answer. It's a good answer. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> it. If you could have any job in the world, like if a genie popped out and said, what do you want to do? You know, no bar to entry, no questions asked, no training. What would it be? And it can be what you do now, or it can be something totally off the wall. We get all kinds. I mean, you guys know what I do for a living, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Is there a better job in the world? Come on. I mean, really. I mean, you know, to play in a band. I mean, there's not. But. Yeah, to, to play in a band, not just a band, a great band that's had a lot of success that can go anywhere in the world and get paid to do it. And uh, that's why I'm working so hard to keep myself in shape because I really like doing what I do. And, uh, and it's, um, so I appreciate the question, but I've got the best job in the world. There, there's no job better to sit up there every night on stage in the middle of all this and people going crazy and going nuts and the band just kicking butt and just rocking hard and people are, and I come off stage and go, well, I get to do that again tomorrow night. You know, it's, um, mm -hmm. very fortunate, very fortunate. And the people that, that say that that isn't something to behold, they're lying. Because every every musician, all of us that get to do this, very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why I like asking that question, though, because a lot of the time we, um, when we ask people if you could have any job, what would it be? They say, well, the job I yes. have now. And I, I think yes. that's great. It, it's the truth, though. Yeah. And I'm glad they say that. I'm glad they do. Yeah. Yeah, we asked someone what they, I was like, what was a, a day in your job look like? And he said, I have fun all day. And yes. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to have fun all day. But see, here's, here's, here's the, the flip side of that. If people could watch what you guys do, there will be people, I guarantee you, that would love to do what you guys do. And I'll just leave it at that. It, it's, it's the perception. It's all perception. He gets to have fun all day, but I guarantee you, he didn't have fun all the time getting to where he is, or uh, assuming it was a he. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that uh, yeah. because you have to keep working, you cannot rest on your laurels. If you stop start resting on your oh, laurels, yeah. you'll start going the other direction. So yes, he has fun all day, but I guarantee you, he works hard to have that fun. If, oh, it, yeah. Or maybe mm -hmm. it's hard work to have fun. Is that a t-shirt? Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's something. Is that five t-shirts now? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Anyway, uh, uh, people could could see what you guys do, too, and see, uh, wow, that is something. They are so lucky to do what they get to do. See? Yeah, I totally agree. It's perception, isn't it? It's perception. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh? Listen, Phil, I know you think you have the best job in the world, but have you ever considered being a t-shirt designer? <laughs> I feel like you might be good at that also. <laughs> well, um, no, I have not. Even though I, as the manager of the band, I have to approve the T-shirts that are designed for us. So mm -hmm. uh, I do I do have a small hand. And, of course, I've been involved in the creation of a lot of our album covers. I'm involved with that because uh, I come up with a lot of the album titles and then the album cover concept. So I do, I do uh, get, you know, stay in touch with that. But I know your, your question was tongue-in-cheek but uh no i haven't considered that and i probably won't <laughs> i love that all right so is there anything you wanted to say that we didn't touch on before we sign off here on backbeat conversations oh wow no you guys did a great job this is one of the best interviews i've, oh, I've ever you. done i've ever done oh. and uh, you oh, know wow. so uh, <laughs> it, it's it's because you've done your work and and you've i can tell you have a passion for what you do I know it's, you know, early in the morning, everybody's getting up and you can kind of go, yeah, Phil, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, okay, are we done? Okay, thanks, and that's it. And I've done those kind of interviews and I kind of go, wow, that's uh, sad, 
that they don't have more of a passion, but you both do, and you both do a great job. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for talking thank to you. us. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to cry, All are right, you? Well, uh -oh. no. <laughs> so <laughs> there's uh, no crying in entertainment. There's no crying exactly. in entertainment. That's right. <laughs> We're having too much fun. <laughs> is that another t-shirt there's no crying in entertainment could be no crying in yes. entertainment. we'd have to talk to tom hanks about that yes one, yes yeah, that's where it came yes from. great line by the way oh i agree so thank you for listening to backbeat conversations we put out a new episode every thursday at 10 a.m eastern standard time on all streaming platforms and thank you to phil ehart for talking with us today thank you uh, my pleasure all right this is backbeat conversations signing off